You're listening to episode 26 of the Broken Glass podcast, how education and tech can impact your music career with Rachel Tripp. You're listening to the Broken Glass podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. This podcast is sponsored by The Contract Shop. The Contract Shop provides contract templates and all the legal documents you need to run your business. And best of all, it's designed with a creative entrepreneur in mind. When I needed to update my website's privacy policy in terms and conditions to be in compliance with not just the EU's General Data Protection Regulation Policy, otherwise known as GDPR, but with the new California Consumer Privacy Act, CCPA, the contract shop was there for me. These contracts are not only attorney-prepared, but are also peer-reviewed, so you can feel safe knowing it's not just some form that I threw together. There are templates for all kinds of creativepreneur needs, so head on over to brokenglassmediallc.com slash thecontractshop to learn more. Welcome back to the Broken Glass Podcast. I have Rachel Tripp here with me today. She is a Nashville-based independent pop artist and works full-time for a music company called Jamber. So Rachel, tell me a little bit about yourself, what you're doing right now, and then we'll kind of go um, back a little bit how you got started in music. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here and to share a little bit about my musical background on the creative side and on the music tech side. So I guess the best place to start is from the beginning. So I grew up in a small town in uh, South Carolina, and it was a very musical family that I grew up in. My dad was in a touring beach music band, which is really big in the Southeast where I grew up. And um, that's really what got me involved with wanting to perform and songwriting and creative music. We had um, a recording studio. And so I was always in there recording. Um, but I guess fast forward a little bit. I grew up a little bit, got a little bit older, was always performing still, really wanting to pursue that and found myself moving to Nashville after college and um, also needing to have that steady income that I know a lot of creatives are also looking to do while also pursuing their dream to do it as a full-time job. So I came across Jamber, which is a music technology company based here in Nashville and Chicago. So I have the ability now to work on the business side of things and build tech that really helps support musicians um, on the administration side so they get credit and paid doing what they love and um, it's been a great journey so far so um, definitely have experience on the creative side and um, experience on the business side and just growing more experience on that business side since it is a little bit newer to me as well (laughs) right but you can take it and apply it to your own artist career which is kind of cool because I know a lot of artists that's what they really struggle with right is is the business side of it so that's really cool that you have both. You know, you have that experience in business, but then you also have your creative outlet. Um, So what really got you interested uh, about working in the music industry? I know you said you had a musical background, but what kind of like was the thing that made it, this is what I want to do. I really want to be, you know, an artist. Um, I know you said that the the jamber came along more as I need a a full-time salary, but was there something that, you know, 
like, I know people have different stories. I'm just kind of curious what really, you know, why you wanted to do music. Yeah. So, uh, it's always been the energy of the industry. If it was, uh, performing on stage or working behind the scene, this industry never sleeps. And I've always been someone that has always had that, um, drive. Um, I'm a hustler through and through, and I've seen people, um, on both sides, if it's either on stage or, uh, top people at labels that you've aspired to be like since you were a little girl that have really hustled to make a name for themselves. And I knew at an early age that whatever I do in whatever industry, I wanted to leave a mark and make a difference. If that was singing a song on stage that really touched someone in a way, or if that was um, being really passionate about a mission or building tools that could help change an artist's life where they're like, hey, I came across this wonderful company and they allowed me to put food on my table for my family. And uh, music was such a huge part of my life. As I mentioned before, coming from a musical family, it just ran in my veins. Um, I say I could sing before I could speak. So it was something that I was naturally drawn to, but um, also something I... Um, I had a gift for as well. Singing came very naturally. So it was an industry I knew I wanted to be a part of in some way. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and I do like how you mentioned, um, you know, wanting to, to help other people and to help the other artists, you know, really understand and put food on their table. And I think that's, that's an amazing mission too and vision for your own kind of career path. Um, so you were one of the first hires at Jamber in Nashville. Um, you kind of seen the inside of an industry startup company, especially in the tech space, which is, you know, there's a lot of those now. Um, so how did that opportunity really come about for you? Because it was a brand new company to Nashville. Yeah. So this is a crazy story. And every time I tell it, a lot of people <laughs> uh, are, laugh and don't believe me, but I moved to Nashville uh, with a post-grad internship. Uh, I needed something to let my parents be like, okay, you can go because you're not just going to go and start singing on Broadway, our main strip of bars, which I definitely did for a long time when I first moved here. But they were like, okay, you have to have some kind of plan. Like when you get out there, like how you're going to make money and do this, like we'll still support you on the performance side but you need a side hustle. So um, I got my postgrad internship. Uh, I majored in broadcast journalism uh, when I was in school because it was the closest thing to performing that could be a backup plan <laughs> for music. So I worked at the NBC station here um, during the summer when I moved here and I absolutely hated it. And I knew after my internship was over, I did not want to stay in news uh, reporting about traffic and city council <laughs> meetings. So I was like, this is not for me. So every day in my internship, I was on Craigslist. I was on Facebook looking for different opportunities, different internships, anything that I could possibly do that would be my ticket <laughs> out of there. And I was on Craigslist one day and I came across uh, I forget the heading, but it definitely said music tech and Jamber was there. And I was like, music tech, like, I don't really know what that is, but it sounds interesting. Like I have a Spotify account. Um, I love technology. I'm a millennial, so I'm kind of savvy in that way. And uh, I applied for Jamber and they were looking for an internship um, and an intern in Nashville uh, to be alongside uh, the CEO here, who was the only other person based in Nashville. And I applied and surprisingly got the phone call from his current executive assistant who was in Chicago at the time, set it up uh, for the Southern, which is a seafood and oyster restaurant here in Nashville. 
and met with him there and um, had another interview and got the internship. And I was like, this is great. This is my foot in the door. I don't care what it is. I'm going to get a job at this place and it's going to be awesome. Uh, so two weeks went by for my internship and uh, I came in and he knew I was an artist and he was like, okay, well the internship is over. And like, he was like, oh, all right. And I was like, well, I'm not going anywhere. So I kind of just lingered around. I was like, I want to work here. Like, I really like this. I'm learning a lot. I get to work alongside the CEO who has had a massive tech uh, background, um, who has been um, a part of wonderful things in Chicago as well and building this thing from the ground up. So I stuck around and it paid off. I was definitely an intern for a little while uh, doing other things and then became his executive assistant, uh, got hired on full time for that and then got hired on to do community outreach. And now I guess my title, which we don't really have titles in the startup because we wear multiple hats is regional community outreach. And I have my hands in a bunch of different pockets and it's been an amazing journey that all started by applying on Craigslist. Craigslist. So, Craigslist is still an okay yeah. thing, you know, you know jobs, it works. So. Yeah. That's the second time I've heard that this week, actually. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's someone found their amazing producer on Craigslist. Um, <laughs> and then my coworker found his amazing dog. So, you know, I think it gets <laughs> such a bad rap, but there are some actually legit opportunities there and you just things have to be careful right like just yeah. watch what it's not you're not a lifetime movie always so yes <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say yeah. but yeah um it, it was great so definitely give it a shot is some advice there <laughs> yeah so what you know you said you're this your regional uh community outreach what kind of responsibilities do you have and, and you know um and I guess give me give us a little bit of background for people who maybe don't know what Jamber is and and what it actually does for uh artists, musicians, and, and writers. Yeah, so uh, I'll start with like what Jamber is in our mission. So uh, Jamber, at the core, we're really passionate about building beautifully designed tech that gets uh, creatives uh, the credit they deserve and the payments they deserve faster. So get credit, get paid faster is what we're about. But we, through technology, we have the ability to capture music metadata at the point of creation really seamlessly and to streamline the entire administration process. So it's not so burdensome for the creative. So it's not so complicated. Uh, what we're primarily focusing on right now is our splits app and, um, royalty payments. So with splits, uh, it's a digital split sheet on your phone that captures, um, and tracks all of your co-writes. It locks in your ownership with your collaborators and it allows you to lock in your copyright information, uh, PRO information. And then once everyone agrees on their writer ownership to 100%, you can register your songs directly to your PRO, uh, register the composition and the sound recording, um, and also to all the collection societies, Sound Exchange, HFA. So um, it just makes that process a lot easier. So you don't have to log into multiple different platforms to get all this information and to also uh, get the royalty collection too. So the next platform we're working on is Jamber Money, which will be a royalty dashboard where you can see all those royalties really easily um, and a digestible view. So for a DUIY artist, these tools are game changers. Um, I can really relate to that because I'm managing all of this myself. So to have a platform that does it all for me and makes everything efficient, uh, it's amazing. But um, 
Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. There's a, cause I know there's a lot of people who they either don't know how to do it or it's just such a burden that they, you know, putting it all together and okay, how much did you write? How much did you write? Okay. Now we got to go. And you, like you said, log into everything. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's amazing that, you know, especially with technology, we can put it all in one place and then feed it out. And then they don't have to really worry about it. It's all done right then and there agreed yeah. upon and, and done. So yeah, yeah. that that's amazing. I know a lot of people who could really use something like that. So yeah, well, you'll have to tell them. And yes. I, but, uh, I mean, like you said too, just to streamline it, I'm all about efficiency, especially when it comes to my creative process. So as efficient as we can make it, the better. So, and um, especially with the payouts too, because one thing as an independent artist, I'm collaborating with a bunch of people. And right now I don't have like a massive budget. So I am doing splits on the masters and things like that. So to have tools that allow me to pay out my producers seamlessly when I do get those royalties is just such a game changer because I don't have an accounting mind where it works in that way. And a lot of other artists that I talk to don't either who are doing it kind of independently Mm -hmm. or with small teams. So um, it really does help in that way. So um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So as the, the regional community outreach, what kind of roles do you take with that? Like, do you, um, I guess, do networking or how, how does that really work in that role? Yeah, so I do have that title, but as I said before, I wear so many hats and I've, <laughs> we always say, um, me and my teammates, I've probably had the most jobs at Jamber <laughs> doing multiple <laughs> different things just because I've moved from role to role, which I love. I love learning different things and having so many different skill sets and I've done things that I never thought I'd be able to do and really surprise myself and grown. But um, right now, what I primarily focus on is uh, community partnerships and uh, regional partnerships with different uh, music associations, uh, different educational opportunities where we can really speak to songwriters, to producers, to get their tools in our hands and to really educate around royalties and what is copyright and how does money flow? Because there's so many independents out there that don't even know what a PRO is and are releasing music and haven't even registered with a PRO. So just uh, starting from the ground and building up to help with that. Um, actually, right before this podcast, I uh, did a webinar with a uh, creative group called Artist Collective, which is based out of Chicago. And it was all about Music Royalties 101. So we broke it down from how money flows in the music industry, uh, what the two different types of copyright are on a song, the copyright on the composition and the sound recording, and the different collection societies that collect all the royalties for that. So just really understanding how to monetize your music so you can make it um, a career and not just a hobby. So really about that education and um, speaking to our clients and songwriters and creatives. Right. And that's so important because a lot of people think you just write a song and you record it and then you put it on YouTube or you put it on Spotify or, you know, however, they don't realize how much there is to it. So I love that education aspect of it and really trying to educate the musicians on how to run it like a business. Yeah, it's, it's so, so important, like you said, because it's not, I mean, I love the creative aspect and we all love that vibe and energy and you're so happy when you've created something great, but then it's like, okay, now the work comes in because this is great and I want to get paid for the people that think it's great too. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, So as an artist yourself, you've seen both sides of the industry. You've seen as a creative and as a business. So 
how have you been able to take your knowledge from the business side, from Jamber and what you've done there and apply it to your own artist side and, and kind of vice versa? Because I guess you really have the creative understanding so you can relate to the creatives that you're speaking with, right? Yeah, for sure. That is definitely one thing that I do love about my job is when I am uh, educating or just meeting with our clients about our tools, I can really level set with them. And, um, be on a creative level and be like, Hey, I'm releasing this music too. I mean, all the time. I'm always like, I'm an artist. I'm a songwriter. I can relate. I know your pains. I know what you're struggling with. And then also when we're building our tools, putting on that creative hat, like, okay, would I like to use an app that worked like this? Maybe we should think about like changing a feature in another way. And I use our tools all the time for um, writing and things like that. So it's great. But um, also vice versa with um, being a creative and the things that I've learned at Jamber, uh, one, definitely, of course, no brainer. I've learned so much about the administration side of things. Before I went, um, before I started at Jamber, I didn't know uh, that I had to uh, register with Sound Exchange, which is huge for an artist uh, to collect royalties on that uh, recording side. Uh, also, just learning how money moves and why music metadata is important and really all my different revenue streams. I mean, now working at Jamber, I really know how to capitalize on all of my earnings. And um, I know what a distributor is. I know that I just can't like upload music to a streaming platform and just really making smart decisions too when um, finding those partnerships, when picking my distribution platform, when finding new admin services online as an independent too. So to really ask the right questions and be smart when reading materials. Um, also with marketing. So I do a lot with marketing with Jamber as well with uh, trying to find community partners and also just with social media campaigns and email campaigns. And I've been able to take those skills and apply them to my music. Like, okay, I need to do an email campaign. So I really need to think of ways to entice people to click my call to action and do a pre-save and things like that. So it's helped all around and it's been so rewarding yeah that's awesome and then you've been able you know to apply all those skills from one to the other and just seamlessly kind of go back and forth um so you've had quite a career as an artist too um with you've had a lot of amazing experiences i saw that you um went to south by southwest and you were uh, auditioned for x factor yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was it like building up your artist career, um, especially in, you know, I guess you did probably did that more before you moved to Nashville, but you know, now you're in a city that's really known for its country rather than pop. So kind of what's that journey? What was that journey for you to build that your career as an artist? Yeah, for sure. Um, so like you said, I did have success before moving to Nashville, but a lot of that set success has been in Nashville as well. So, um, Yes, I was um, made to the Hollywood round of X Factor. Reality TV is crazy. I mean, it's great <laughs> if you um, if you do make it far. I know it does help with that following everything. But I just say my advice, there's so many other ways if you are talented and driven. <laughs> so that's my two cents about that, for sure. Uh, you can definitely hustle and still be very successful. Um, but yeah, it's been a big uh it's been a lot of growing pains for sure, um, especially being here in Nashville when everyone is so talented as well. It makes you uh, grow a lot faster and learn a lot faster and work a lot harder, but it's been a beautiful journey. I've really learned a lot about myself as a person and as an artist um, from moving 
um, from back home all the way to Nashville and really learned um, about what I wanted to say through my music. And uh, sometimes it's easier to sing it and write it than it is to actually speak it for sure. But um, one thing that I did learn when moving here is that you really need to find your tribe of people in the creative environment. And it doesn't always have to be the most uh, talented person in the city or the person with the biggest resume. Um, it's the people that you can really relate with because everyone in Nashville is so talented. So um, definitely don't base everything off of those accolades. Find your tribe and really grow with them. And that's one thing that I've done. And I've had friends that I've watched grow and go on to wonderful successes here. And I still talk to them and just like never letting that ego get in the way to still being able to get into the room even after those successes with the people who have just moved to town and um helping them as well because you never know where they're going to be and this that's why i love living here it's such a community of uplifting people that are always willing to help no matter what so that's the one thing that i've really learned as a creative here to succeed yeah and i think in business that's important too um and you and i actually connected through music biz besties which is i think an amazing group of supportive women um, Catherine has really put together a, a great community there. Um, so yeah, community, I think is so important, you know, no matter what space of the music industry you're in, whether you're in business or you're the artist, um, just to find those people to really support you, right. This to, to lift you up, to, to collaborate with you. And, and it's been, you know, I know helpful for me with the podcast, with my business to connect and, and, and network and, you know, even meeting in person too, finding a, a group that will meet up with you. Um, Cause I know for a lot of people, myself, I don't, not sure about you, but networking is, or was when I started like terrifying, right? Like yeah. it's just, you know, it's, it was, you know, one of those things like, do I have to? And then once you really start getting into it, I noticed it's, it's a lot easier and you really get to know people and create, like you said, that tribe, that community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And one thing that you said that I'd like to touch on too is moving to a new city. The networking thing was really scary at first. And it might not seem like that, that because I'm an artist. I, I'm, I'm an outgoing person. I work in community outreach where I'm constantly talking to people. But that's another thing with like, I said with growing pains, like being comfortable in your own skin to be vulnerable and release your art. That's one thing, but it's also being vulnerable to go into a room of people that you don't know and being like, okay, I am here by myself and I literally know everyone, but it's okay. Take a breath. You're going to be yeah. fine. And if you are here alone, it, it'll all be good. So just letting those vulnerabilities show and just being comfortable is definitely a growing thing on the creative side and business side. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I saw you releasing a new single within the next couple of weeks here. Um, yes. Little, and, and um, I guess we'll kind of discuss a little bit about like the, the business side of it too, but um, it's going to be, I want to say I saw January 17th. Yes, correct. So um, a week from tomorrow, which is crazy. It came here fast, but uh, I am releasing a new pop single called Focus, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, I released a song back October 2019, my last single, and this is um, a little bit different than that. Still uh, a pop song, but the message and the lyrics are a, a lot different too. This one definitely shows my vulnerable side, and um, it talks about 
me giving into my weaknesses, even though I know that I shouldn't, um, about that person that makes you lose your focus, that you're addicted to, that know that you know is a little bit dangerous. But it um, is a collaboration with uh, someone in the pop community here. Uh, it is a producer and artist that goes by the alias of Derlin. Super talented. Uh, we got into the studio last March and started writing the song and just kind of let it sit on the back burner and then revisited it when I got inspired by a old school R&B song that uh, is called Chopped and Screwed uh, by T-Pain and Ludacris. So I, I brought him back the song and I was like, okay, we got to get this syncopation in here. We got to get this repetition going on with the hook. It's going to be awesome. So we revisited it and I was like, Derlin, I want to release it like right now. Like we got to, we got to mix it. We got to master it. So um, I co-wrote it with him and then he produced it, but I, I'm really excited about it. And it's got elements from that Chapped and Screwed R&B vibe. And then it started out with an electronic vibe from this song that's called You Might Be, which is um, an autograph song, EDM electronic feel. And then we threw, um, threw in some dreamlike Ariana Grande runs. So it's like a whole melting pot of all these things that I'm super, super excited about. But uh, yeah, everywhere, all streaming platforms, January 17th. So. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love that you mix all different kind of genres into it. And I think um, that's, you know, really kind of shows off your creative side. Um, so that's amazing. So you kind of do more of like this releasing singles. Um, so I had Lauren Lucas on the podcast late last year, and she and I talked about um, what seems to be a new way to release music. Um, it's more of releasing singles throughout the year rather than recording and releasing a full album. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Why do you take the, the singles route rather than recording a full album and releasing? Yeah, so I've actually done both. So my very first project in Nashville was an EP that uh, I recorded when I was really trying to find my artistry. And now I've shifted to the single driven thing. Um, I really uh, have learned a lot from it. Don't say it was a bad decision releasing the EP all at once. Um, it really depends on what you're trying to do create creatively as an artist. But at the end of the day, what you're doing creatively, you do want to make money for it. <laughs> so um, <laughs> singles, I believe is definitely the way to go. And I've had a lot more success releasing singles. Um, as opposed to when I just released all my music all at once as a five song EP. And it's because I believe it's a way to stay relevant. Uh, one of my goals this year and one thing that I think works is a song like every three months, at least just to keep that monthly follower, um, that monthly listener number up on Spotify and to keep that follow count up too, because of course you want to work the algorithm on Spotify and the more followers, the more monthly listeners you have, the more likely you are to get, on those Spotify playlists. So if you're consistently releasing music, you're more relevant with your fans. And um, I've heard a statistic recently, it's probably a little outdated, but it's over 400,000 songs are released every week was what I last heard. Oh, wow. so, yeah, and it doesn't surprise me at all, just like from working at Jamber, talking to all these creative people and how much they're spinning out music. But um, so think about that 400,000 songs, and then you're just another independent artist, you have to stick out of the fold. So one create great music, but two just continuously creating it because you never know when someone's going to discover you. But 
when they discover you, there's going to be someone new the next day. So um, definitely that single driven mentality is a way to do it. And also just uh, money conscious wise as well, doing an album all at once can be really expensive and doing those singles, uh, it can be a little more efficient for your wallet as well. And I know we don't have big budgets as DIYs, so just something to think about too. <laughs> yeah. What does um, like marketing look like for singles? Because I know that'd be very different from if you were marketing an album, right? So you, do you do more of the organic kind of outreach with, with your marketing or do you kind of dip your toes into some paid advertising? What, what does that kind of look like for you? So what I've had the most success with is uh, really uh, honing in on the Instagram and Facebook ads. And I've gotten to almost like a nerdy <laughs> way about it where there is a great um, YouTube series that's free. And I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's called Facebook Blueprint. So any artists out there, you can watch it and it's short little YouTube videos and it gives you all these tips about um, how to master um, ads within Facebook and Instagram. And I think that is definitely where independents should put most of their marketing dollars. I would never tell an independent to go on their first release or like their first couple releases, go hire a PR company for $4,000 because at the end of the day, your listeners are not going to buy magazines and going to media outlets. They're scrolling on their Instagram. They're on Spotify. They are on Facebook. So just really, uh, honing in on that craft and learning it and also learning about uh, your audiences and AB testing and that. That's what I do all the time. So um, that's what my rollout really looks like is finding those posts that are like, this promotion's doing really well when Instagram tells you and boosting it and AB testing those audiences and sticking with it and building on top of that. But um, also doing things like this with you, uh, going into Facebook groups and really getting engaged and talking to people and building that relationship so then um, every time I do drop a single, I can talk to them again and be like, hey, I have new content out. Let's collaborate again. And um, just relationship is key there too. Because it is nice to have like PR and press along with it, but it's not my primary focus. Right. You did mention too, um, you know, I think you need to find where your audience is, right? And understand that because, you know, a lot of, you know, the younger generations are on Instagram, especially Instagram these days, right? That's huge. And they're, you know, always in the stories and, and all that and really want to see you, know, you and who you are in your life. Um, I know Facebook is a little bit more kind of my generation, I guess, because um, um, it was launched when I was in college. So that for me at the time, and I still use it to connect, but now it's more the, the groups, like you said, but, um, you know, just really knowing where they're, where they're at, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and, you know, for maybe a different artist that magazine route might work because that's where maybe their listeners are going. But, um, yeah, I think that's really important. And I, I like the way you, um, you know, you, you get to your audience and I've seen some of your posts too on, in Facebook and, and that. So I think you're doing a great job in, uh, in that realm. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Um, so we've kind of touched on this throughout the interview, but um, why do you think it's important to see your artist career as a business? Um, and I think there's, there's a lot to business and becoming a musicpreneur. And I know a lot of listeners are looking to either create their own businesses or to go from hobbyist uh, to full-time musician. 
um, and it can be really overwhelming. So I, I guess, you know, do you have tips to manage your career without the overwhelm and, and to really get into that mindset of, you know, this is a business. It's not just, you know, a hobby, right? You really want to build that into a career. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I have these conversations daily at Jamber for sure with people. Uh, education is key. And that is one thing. Um, you can never be too smart for anything and no one can ever take your knowledge away from you. So uh, the one thing I want to tell artists is anytime you have the opportunity to learn, do it. If it is watching a webinar, if it is going to a panel, um, anything like that, if it's reading a book, uh, if it's grabbing coffee with someone who is an expert in their field, never say no. So, um, because knowledge is power and in today's industry, I don't believe it's the, the most talented people that make it. I think it's the people, one, who are the hustlers who have that drive, but also the smartest people in the room who really know the business side, who really know their revenue streams, who really know their audiences by analyzing the data because data is everything. So you're not just throwing paint at a wall. <laughs> you need to know where to focus because you'll also waste a lot of time because as an independent artist, I know we all have side hustles too to make money. So just being really efficient with that time and maximizing on it, that data will really help there. So um, that's just one thing is just education, studying, honing in um, on more than just your creative skill and craft, but that business in your mind as well. Um, also, there's a lot of technology out there that can streamline processes. Of course, I work for a music tech company, so Jamber tools can definitely help streamline your administration process to cut that time in half on things that you don't really want to focus on. Also, there's a lot of great marketing tools out there too, a lot of free things for a pre-save campaign. If you're really looking to maximize on that before a release, uh, feature.fm is great. Uh, the analytics section within your Instagram ads and your Facebook ads is great too for tools for that data. So just really honing in on that as well. And anything you come across that's new technology, just dive into it and dig in because there are so many music tech companies like popping up to really help DIY artists since it's such a growing uh, population. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely use tech. For, I mean, that's for me too, right? Like I, I live in a sauna. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I live in a sauna. I do calendar blocking. I think that's important too, like to find the time, right? Because if you're working full time or you're working multiple part-time jobs to make up that salary, you need to figure out, you know, how much bandwidth you have really too, right? To, to understand, you know, okay, I work from nine to five and then I go home and then I've got so many hours to work on the business or that, you know, my, my career, and then I got to go back to work the next morning. So um, I know for me, it's really important to just set out, this is my priority for the day and, and kind of use tech to, to set all that out for me. Yeah. And you saying that uh, wanting to add on time management, that's definitely like the number one thing I had to learn and key to my life as well. So preach on that. Um, I believe you can do anything you set your mind to for sure. And people are sometimes like, I don't know how you can do it all and everything. And I'm like, if you are passionate about something, you can find the time to do it. It's just you making excuses. But one thing as a creative that um, I want all creatives to be mindful when you have that side hustle is really protect your vibe and your energy for sure. There are some times where you need to unplug. And I think sometimes we 
just as humans run ourselves into the ground. And if you don't take that time to unplug and just sit back from the the world a little bit, uh, you're going to lose that creative beauty and creative like flame where you're going to be inspired to make great music. So that's just as important to just really unplug too. (laughs) Oh yeah. I did that last night. I've been working nonstop and I was like, okay, I have to stop, you know, my full-time job. We have our big uh, trade show coming up uh, next week. So it's been insane. And I got home. I was like, okay, no, no, I'll do some mindless tasks online to to work on it, but I'm putting the TV on. I'm just sitting and and watching TV and that's it. I feel you. It's like, okay, close the laptop, Rachel. I can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and we, we touched on my next question really in the, when we're talking about the singles rather than albums. Um, but, you know, a lot of people really see the music industry right now as you get a deal, you record, you release, you tour, you sell merch, and then you repeat. Um, what other ways do you think artists can maximize their earnings and be able to live as a musician today? So one thing that I've had experience with that I would definitely encourage all independent artists to do is uh, crowdfunding. So I think it is great to really help you take your career to the next level for that project, that music release, so you can save some of your money and you're not just pouring all of your money um, into creative things because people will support you that believe in you, um, that really believe in your craft and your passion. So for my first EP, I did a crowdfunding um I did an Indiegogo campaign. So I did a crowdfunding campaign and uh, my goal was $6,000 and I reached it and it was all based on studying, educating myself, researching, reading books. And uh, it was the most rewarding opportunity because it lasted me for um, over a year and a half through music things. And I was able to record a fifth song to my EP that I hadn't planned because of this. So I really believe in that. So definitely uh, check out Bandcamp too, because people will pay for your music and you'll be pretty surprised as with that as well. And then just to um, hone in again on the data, understanding the data so that you know where to focus your energy. So if you see that all of your listeners through your distribution platform, through the analytics they give you, if you see that they're all coming from Spotify, don't focus uh, directing uh, people in an ad to Apple Music. Like, okay, let's do like focus on this pre-save for my Spotify to get those followers up. because That's where all my listeners are right now. Um, also, if you see your followings on Instagram, focus all the ads with that as well. Uh, run creative uh, contests through that as well too. So that's some of my feedback, but I've had a huge success with crowdfunding. It definitely is a challenge, but um, I think you'll be really surprised what people are willing to give for music and for creativity. <laughs> Right. Do you, um, when you do your crowdfunding, do you offer, is it just like a digital, because uh, I know some of the crowdfunding platforms, people donate and then they get something in return. Is it, is it the digital music or do you offer like physical merch or, or something with that? Or how, what's that look like for you? Yeah, I had multiple tier levels. So <laughs> it went from like the best one tip. I'm, it was two years ago when I did it. But one tip that I remember is there was like certain 
increments um, money-wise that you need to do to reach your goals that were the most successful. So I believe like it was like really random amounts. I did like a $25 tier, like a $75 tier, like $150 tier. Um, and what it was, one was a physical um, album or physical EP, but I also did merch. So I did one of my songs called Girl Boss. I did a custom girl boss t-shirt with my logo on it. Uh, I also did Skype sessions. So I had various things that people could pick from like music education to um, really passionate about fitness too. So I did like uh, fitness uh, things where I'd pick out your workout and like a meal plan and things like that. Um, also one was private concert for you or I'd record cover songs and send them to you personally. So it was more than just like a physical copy. It was things that I thought people would really be passionate about and pay for it. So. Yeah. Those are unique ideas. I wouldn't have even thought about fitness and, and meal plans, but yeah, I was like, just, it's, it's hard, man. When you're doing <laughs> stuff on a campaign, you're like, what are people going to care about? But it's like, you look at your audience again and it's like, okay, right. the people that would give me money, what would they like? <laughs> yeah. Well, and too, it's part of you and your personality and, and your, your background, right? You said you really, you're into fitness and, and, and meal planning and that. So I think a lot of, um, you know, fans or, you know, even just regular people like to kind of see what other people do, people they admire, mentors and, and whatnot. They like to see, I mean, not everything in their lives, but just kind of, you know, what they do, what they like, you know, who they follow, what products they use. And so that's, that's really unique. Um, I'll have to definitely, you know, I, I got artists that I, you know, talk to and be like, you know, don't always stick to the music thing because you might be surprised. <laughs> Yeah, you're, I mean, you're a real person too and a brand at the end of the day and in the influencer world that we live in, you know, people yeah. are wanting to know everything about you from what you're listening to in your headphones, yeah. what you're eating. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually reading a book called uh, Influencer right now. So it's about your personal brand and, you know, they, they go into more of the that influencer industry, but it's still really good to understand about branding and, you know, um, how to reach out for different you know, um, you know, to pitch to people and all that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It was not too expensive. It's just a paperback. It's pretty short. So, but it's got a lot of good information in it, especially for today's, um, social media heavy, uh, world we're, we're living in. Yeah. I definitely writing that down now. It blows my mind for sure. So, um, so part of, uh, this podcast is to, I mean, to highlight women, they highlight their stories. Um, so we, we talk a little bit too about, um, you know, how it's often hard to work in this industry as a woman, um, you know, whether it's struggling to find a job or proving yourself once you belong there. Um, so did you come across any resistance as an artist or as a music industry professional when you're, you know, connecting with clients and whatnot? And, and how did you overcome that if you, if you had any? Yeah, for sure. And great topic. Um, and one that I can relate to because uh, music and tech are definitely both uh, predominantly male <laughs> driven for sure. So uh, to be a female in um, an industry that has both of them uh, intersecting is wonderful and I really enjoy it. Um, also love that uh, Jamber is predominantly female. So uh, it's <laughs> awesome. 
Yes, it is awesome. And we've won uh, comparably awards for the best places for women to work. So I've definitely never experienced it like personally in my job at all. It's been very rewarding. I've been able to really succeed um, on the artist side too. Of course, you always come across people who uh, definitely try to cross the line <laughs> for sure. And uh, definitely uh, those fans, you're like, are you actually listening to my music or are you here to like be a creep? <laughs> but it's just, uh, just knowing how to handle those conversations and uh, knowing um, who you are as a person and never uh, forming relationships like that for the wrong reasons. Um, I believe your talent can take you so far too that you don't necessarily have to compromise your self-worth or who you are as a person. So it's just finding that confidence and really listening to yourself and saying, hey, is this a good decision? Should I do this? But um, one funny story I can tell on the professional side is I um, at Jamber, we worked in a co-op space. Uh, we were working at Industrious, which is uh, all over the US, but we were at the one here in Nashville. And so it's like glass and everything like that. But um, one thing we, we had some males that were working in a space near us and um, another colleague that was working with me at the time who was also a male and he was talking to the guys uh, about the company and all this stuff and what we did and uh the guy commented that didn't work at jamber well i see there's a lot of females in your office i mean what do they do all day oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was like oh well they're working so um yeah. it's one thing uh to really just <laughs> To not let those things affect you and just work even harder and laugh it off. I mean, it, it's a funny story at that. And it was like, okay, but I've done a lot in both sides creatively and on the business side to be proud of and educate. So just uh, really knowing your, your stuff <laughs> and proving those people wrong and climbing your way to the top and surpassing them. But, and sometimes just laughing it off and being like, okay, like that was stupid. <laughs> but yeah, just definitely being confident. your worth. <laughs> Yeah. Knowing your worth too, right? Knowing what you, you know, what you bring to the table. And that's, I, I, yeah, those questions just blow my mind sometimes. It's like, really? Like, what are you doing all day in there? Well, I'm just sitting there. Yeah, I'm changing the world actually. Little do yeah. you know. So exactly. No need for those comments. Go back into your little office over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, so we talked about your single coming out next week. Um, what else are you kind of looking forward to in the near future as far as your artist career goes or even uh, with, with Jamber or, you know, whatever else you've got coming up? Yeah, so we'll start on the artist side. So super excited about my single plan to also roll out a music video with that as well. That'll be my first music video. So still in the works with brainstorming around that, but that is definitely a goal and something I'm planning. Um, also another goal, I already have one of the other singles written, just need to mix and master, but I want to do uh, this year consistently releasing a new single every three months as well. And uh, so I'm really excited about that. Just staying consistent, staying relevant, because it can get really hard when you're doing multiple things for sure. And also doing more um, music education and combining that with my artist brand. That's something that I've always done a lot through work and for some reason I've kind of kept 
the two separate at times. And now I'm like, I really need to mold the two together because it's so important. And so many artists are doing that today that I see where it's okay. I'm knowledgeable about this topic. So I'm incorporating it with my brand and it, I mean, music education around administration, copyrights, royalties, it's um, so prevalent today and is like such a need that I'm seeing more and more through my job at Jamber. So really creating content around that um, educational opportunities and educational events. I'm actually scheming one right now for Nashville in the spring um, about getting an educational panel together about um, managing your career as a DIY and then doing a pop showcase with it. So more to come on that, but it's definitely going to be a heavier lift, but it's a big goal um, for sure. Yeah, no, that's important. I think there's so many routes you could go down with the education, you know, especially with technology that like we've talked about, um, you know, you could, there's online courses you can do, like there's so much out there. Right. And, and um, I know there's, as there's been talk about, you know, you can, put videos on Facebook and then add like a PayPal link so people can, you know, help support you. There's just so much out there, but I think that's really awesome that you, you know, the education aspect. And I, I kind of believe in that too, is really educating people on, you know, how to, the steps they need to take and, and how to protect themselves and, and really become that, you know, the word, you know, musicpreneur, right. And getting that mindset. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're a business at the end of the day, and I definitely believe in sharing knowledge, not hoarding it, and like building people up. So it's like we're only going to succeed when we all succeed together. Um, and then uh, one thing I wanted to share too with Jamber, what I'm excited about is uh, just the continuous rollout of splits that we're launching as well, and just getting people on the platform to use it, and then Jamber Money too. I mean. We've never seen so many people cling and adopt a product like we have with Splits. So I know 2020 is going to be our biggest year. So just getting more people educated and using the tools, I'm super excited for a huge year of growth. Yeah, we'll, we'll spread the word out here about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> splits. Um, do you have any resources that you'd recommend for women starting the industry, either as you know, an artist or as um, you know, a professional? Yeah, uh, for sure. So a lot of kind of just general things that I did when I first came to town, when I moved to Nashville, not knowing anyone. Um, one thing, how we met uh, Facebook groups. So um, I think a lot of people don't really take advantage of them. And I started joining as many as I could. Um, and I definitely found the ones that were the most beneficial. <laughs> There's some that aren't, but uh, Music Biz Besties is great. I've had huge success with that, of course, just being connected with so many different people in Nashville and also beyond as well as you were in L.A. Um, also here in Nashville, and now they have an LA, uh, community too. Yep. Young entertainment professionals. That group has done so many wonderful things for me. I've gotten amazing show opportunities. I've connected with great photographers, great songwriters on collaborations. Um, also another group that is, uh, based here in Nashville for anyone listening that maybe in Nashville is called tons. And it's been great for, uh, my pop collaborations and pop education. It's called the Other Nashville Society. And it's a group of industry professionals that came together to give um, a voice to the uh, Nashville pop community. They do great educational events uh, monthly here and you have to apply. So they make sure that everyone is 
definitely in the pop uh, community, even if they're an artist or a professional. So that's been really great. Um, so definitely take advantage of those Facebook groups and online communities because they're wonderful. Um, and then some things that we've said before, never say no to education. Like literally, that's the one thing I can harp on, harp on, harp on. Any um, educational group that you can join. Um, there's a few, like I said, Artist Collective that I did an educational event with tonight. Um, there's also the Music Entrepreneur Club. If you just search Music Entrepreneur, you will find all of them for sure. So just joining those organizations and even if they're paid, finding the ones that you see fit your brand and you the best and joining them because paying a small fee doesn't meet the education. And um, for people definitely just starting out, if you're just getting out of college, or if you're just looking for that first job, just like me at one time, never say no to an internship where you think there could be an opportunity. Um, I definitely said yes to an internship and hustled with Jamber and I had uh, other side gigs and stuff and it was the biggest um, rewarding opportunity I could have asked for. So if you see an opportunity to grow and something you're really passionate about, don't say no, uh, stick it through, stick it out. It might be tough, but in this industry, you're going to have a lot of things that um, are internships are not paying very well that will be really rewarding. That's just the way it is here to pay your dues in the music industry. And um, it's definitely a great learning opportunity. So yeah, that's, those definitely. are my <laughs> And don't be afraid of Craigslist. Yes, don't be afraid <laughs> of Craigslist. Do not. I promise it'll yeah. work out. I mean, especially like with anything with like a startup or a small company in the industry to grow with it is so rewarding. It really, really right. Is. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have any favorite books or podcasts that inspire you or I mean, even people, music? Yeah. So um, my big thing is reading. So uh, the two uh, main books that I really like are You Are a Badass. So I love that one. <laughs> yes, I yes. reread it from time to time, and it's just very uh, inspirational, really motivating to like. Okay, I can seize the day. I can do it. And then the other one is the Five Agreements too. So yeah, so it is just a really small book. It's a really easy read, and um, I adjust, I suggest everyone to read that one for sure. I'll have to look into that. I haven't heard of that one before. Um... But you're a badass. I love reading her book. Um, I think I have two of them so far, the original and then the you're a badass at making money. Um, I need to read that one for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, they're, they're both, I mean, you've read the first one. Um, but yeah, it's really good. It's about money mindset and everything. Um, but what I really like about Jen is that she was actually in music industry too. So she kind of brings that into, the, into her stories and everything. And I felt like I could really relate in that aspect. Um, and I actually went to a, a book signing she did in LA. And um, when I got up to her, I was like, you know, um, I love the book. And I explained, I said, I'm in the music industry. So this was, you know, a great read for me um, to really, you know, to connect with you as an author. So yeah, so it's like, well, it's nice when that experience and that advice comes firsthand. So it's like, okay, I can relate to this. And um, yeah, the author, I was just looking it up here. The author for the five agreements is uh, Don Ruiz. R-U-I-Z. So if anyone wants to read that, it's just about the five uh, fundamentals in life um, about how to live a better life. So it's a small book, uh, really easy. And then now thinking, 
here as we're speaking another book for the business-minded people that uh, we live by at Jamboree that I've read is called Crossing the Chasm. So it's about when you're starting a company, um, a startup, and I believe artists are a startup <laughs> as well. So just trying to cross that chasm from uh, a product, putting it into market, and then getting those early adopters, those innovators, and then getting on to um, adoption by the masses. So how to go about that, how to think like a business person so you can have success and be profitable. All right. Awesome. I'll link to all those uh, in the show notes. Anybody who wants to to mm-hmm. read them can find them there. Um, thank you so much for coming on and talking to Rachel. This was awesome. I love learning more about you and your artist career and especially about Jamber because mm-hmm. um, I think that's a very important tool for artists these days. So I really appreciated you coming on the podcast. Yeah, I've really enjoyed my time here too, Christy. It's been wonderful and um, always happy to help um, any DIYs or creatives. And this has been great. So thank you so much again. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.